Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, geeks of all ages, your podcast extraordinaires have returned. Sebastian Bonet and Antonio from across the hall with another episode of Nerds of the Round. Today we will be talking about Brightburn and maybe some other superhero horrors. How do you feel about it, Tony? Yeah, no, it seems the genre of superhero horror seems to be really taking its own uh, wings at this point. Um, I know reading about the film Brightburn that James Gunn wanted to create this new genre. I know people say that we're still in this superhero bubble. It's about to pop because all we're getting is super. All these big budget films are just superhero films. And so they decided to kind of flip it on its head and create its own own genre for a niche audience, which could, you know, this movie could potentially be a cult classic, if you will, with a oh. nice with a nice following nice individual following people who really dig it i know sebastian and i both were really into the film when we saw it uh, two days ago yep. before yeah. we start diving deep in a film um i don't know if we should say spoilers oscar oh, it if you if you if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie it's your fault no um yeah if you're familiar with how we do our things we don't uh tiptoe <laughs> through the windows we don't tiptoe the tulips we don't we don't we kind of just go all in with uh with spoilers there's no point in reviewing something and not being able to talk about it you know, to its full potential. That's what uh, that's what Twitter's for, and other pieces of social media. What you know, having but these. Let's touch up on that. What you said first before we get deep into it, the superhero yeah, bubble. I, I and and I get what you're saying because um, I remember who it was I think it was Rose McGowan, um, and a few other big Hollywood names with like superhero movies are just not the way of the future for movies. They were like, oh, the superhero bubble's gonna pop. And it's funny because I feel like James Gunn. And the Russo brothers are some of the, the um, those that are in Hollywood who are actually proving them wrong. With Cap being um, Captain America was, what was it? It was like a spy flick. Yeah, and Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah. And then this now. Because, again, even with Guardians of the Galaxy, James Gunn approached it as if it was like a family movie. Like these are just, it's a family coming together. Mm-hmm. Dysfunctional family. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree there. I think what the the success for these superhero films is that they've become genre films upon themselves. Oh, yeah. So talking about Winter Soldier, it goes back to those old school spy thriller flicks, which was part of the reason why when me and my wife saw it, that's like that's her favorite Marvel film. She always says is Winter Soldier, because like she likes those types of movies, and and that's fine. We need those types of movies. We have so many superhero films. We need to have something about them that, yeah, we have these superpowered characters, but the film itself doesn't need to be hokey and campy. It needs to, it needs to feel like a real film that you go to see. Mm. And then the main protagonists and the antagonists tend to be just superpowered characters. And then, you know, every once in a while we get an end game, end game, civil war type of film where that's just a superhero movie. Like uh. end game is a comic book balls to the wall superhero film not pulling any punches you're here for the spectacle for the culmination of all the time we've put in so to speak to that in regards to that bubble yeah no as long as these films keep kind of reinventing themselves and keeping them relevant well i think i think they're going to be here for the long haul because there's just so much to work with and people are at this point so invested well i want to touch up i'm glad that james gunn with brightburn was the first to touch up on the superhero genre, um, super um, the the superhero horror genre. Yes, that's what we're gonna call it. Yes, um, it has its own thing. When you look it up, when you do hashtag <laughs> superhero horror on Twitter, it has the image of the uh, of the main character, the main character in Brightburn, 
or main antagonist, really, of, of Brightburn, his mask shows up next to it. So, Which is very creepy, by the way, the creepiest yeah. mask I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that he was the one to start it, but we know that um, a part of it, Fox tried to do that with the New Mutants. They were going to make that into a horror, which has been in, um, what is it, production hell from like quite a while now. Like, the yeah, movie's done, but I like think this. looking at that schedule that they released, I would say earlier in May, I think New Mutants is 2020 or 2021. Yeah, they keep pushing Something it like back. That. So it would have been, but I'm kind of glad that that got pushed back because there was like a lot of not so great things coming out with um hearing about the reshoots what they were going to do what they want to add this so there was kind of a lot of it sounded like there was kind of a lot of hands in the pot yeah well, <laughs> but james gunn took something original now we know that this takes the superman origin that's one of the many origins it takes the superman origin you know he comes from space the family from the farm adopts this kid he's from kansas um, kansas <laughs> kansas yeah and it's like it just at some point when the reveal of who he is, when they tell him who he is, that's where it kind of takes that Superman origin and flips it on his ass. Mm-hmm. And it goes to a very dark tone. And like some people are like, you know, the movie kind of leaves you in this place of, oh, my God. Like, you know, you, you usually in a horror movie, you, you want the characters to win. I kind of glad that they didn't go that route. That yeah. No, I totally agree. I was kind of I was kind of thinking that his his mom was gonna kill him in the end and then she ended up failing which you know in the movie ends and he becomes he kind of does his huge flip to being full-blown evil evil gonna take the world and it just left the film open to potential sequels opening up this world but talking to your point about new mutants and potentially playing with that idea of superhero horror i'm happy that a an ip that that has that has characters that people know and love didn't go down this route of superhero horror or just horror in general because it feels like you can't do too much with that. You have to kind yeah. of play it safe because you're using named characters in an established universe for X amount of years. We're here, we're using the Superman origin story pretty much, but you're making you're flipping it, you're making it your own. You can do whatever you want with it. And so you can really go with that that horror twist and not worry about some some people talking about, you know, this isn't really how the character is in the comics and stuff. So that was, I'm happy that the first film to kind of to kind of work with this genre was an original piece. And, and, and I love the storytelling aspect for it because you had the subtle change of the character. Like, in the beginning, he's this nice boy, loves his family and everything. He's, you know, he's obviously picked on. He's a brainiac um, in school. And then, you know, you have that one instance where he sleepwalks to the... Um, was it the barn yeah. where they hit, hit the ship and that's when you start to notice the change in his character and it's just and like you said at the end when he was even when he was hugging his mother at the end and she went to kill him um, and he stopped her from doing it even right there and then that was the last shred of his innocence yep. gone right there and um, his mother got a lot of frequent flyer miles. Yes, yes, she did. She <laughs> fell pretty. She, she fell pretty oh, far. Yeah, it was. It was it, like I said. It was pretty interesting. Just that progression of the character. And um, I mean, when I draw up comparisons to Man of Steel versus this, I didn't. I hate picking on Man of Steel because I c- always see what WB could have done, and we just had a lost opportunity. Whereas with Brightburn, obviously, it's an original character. Mm-hmm. 
it does take the Superman origin, and they can go anywhere they want. Whereas Superman, you kind of know where they have to. I feel like there were certain things for Henry Cavill's character in Superman that they didn't establish him as Superman yet and didn't get that character development. Whereas when Brightburn, again, it showed character progression and even with the ending, what they set up for this whole possible expanded universe is going to be pretty dope. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty excited. This is a, at the end of the film, I was very satisfied with what we got and I was actually looking forward to the next hopefully next installment in this franchise but talking about character development yeah i have to agree with you i really it was believable what the main character brian right that was his name yeah it was brian. brendan 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 yeah um it was believable in his progression from his innocence to his 12th birthday when he be, he's going through puberty and he's becoming an adolescent which is probably when the the ship he lands and decides to communicate to him in his sleep and he goes through his changes, you know, not the changes we all went through, but different <laughs> kinds of changes. And he starts to experiment with it with the lawnmower. He notices that he's invulnerable to damage and he, and it's just like these little things. He becomes hyper aggressive towards his parents. We see that happening and you kind of just watching this film. You're just kind of waiting for, I know what this movie is about. I know he's evil. So when's it going to happen? And it kind of just slowly gets you there where, he goes to visit this one girl while he's out camping with his with his family. He goes and flies to her house. She calls him a creep and a weirdo when they get to school. She falls on her. She, he falls. She tries to help him up, and he, he crushes her hands. Like, he just crushes her hands. And he's like, oh, shit. You know? So, and then as it goes down, he just gets worse and worse and worse. You know, that one scene, that uh, that scene in the in the diner that they oh. that they showed, that they released that clip a couple weeks ago before the film dropped that woman that he kills is that little girl's mom and it's kind of like crazy can i say one thing about that scene the 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 graphics with the eyeball oh that was crazy when <laughs> it, it's this one scene where she's looking at the fluorescent light bulbs the, the the lady in the diner and then it just blows up and one of the shards of glass falls into her eye yeah and then she has to pull it out this abnormally large shard of glass got <laughs> got stuck in her eye yeah, I, I think I cringed. <laughs> yeah, even when we watched it here, when we when I pulled the clip oh. up before we before the movie came, I was like, oh, I'm like, I definitely want to see this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I was I was for it. I was for his progression into evil. He eventually kills his uncle. But this thing he does when you watch the film is that he knows he has the power to kill people. But before he makes that that switch, he tries to talk to his family, as in listen. Do you really want to go down this route? I think it'd be a bad idea. I don't want to do this. Let's just don't talk to my parents. Don't I talk to the police. Just don't do that. Like, see a little bit of law now. Like, then they, like, fam, come on. <laughs> so, you know, it's just like he, he, he clearly is going, he's going through something in regards to finally committing to being full blown evil and, and killing. But, you know, he has this conflict within himself with his family until it gets to a point where he goes out into the woods with his father who, and he, you know, him and his father have been going back and forth throughout the, at, at this point Let, in the film. And be real. His, his dad tried to old yeller him. Well, yeah, his forest. dad, his dad tried to old yeller him, but the kid was thought they were thought they were yeah. going to go hunting. And then his father tried to pop one in the back of his head with a rifle, which clearly didn't work. And, uh, his son <laughs> turned around and was like, Oh my, you know, you, you know, dad, 
grabs him and then la- Superman laser beams through his father's eyes and pops out the back of his skull. Yeah, what I liked <laughs> about that scene, it's like there was no moment of hesitation when he did that. Yeah, no, at that point it was just like... It's like he realized what he was doing, felt betrayed, and just it was like instinct. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to do. So even with the father's like, they looked at him in fear. It's like, Brandon, I'm sorry. Lasers, yeah. that's it. His parents, he gave them a chance. Yeah. His uncle. Um, at first. At first. Before he got in the truck. His aunt was the only one who made it out unscathed <clears throat> because of his uncle got in the way. Yeah. But the sheriff's department, he didn't give them any chance. No, no. He, he they got, they got, got bodied. <laughs> the sheriff got bodied. He got splattered across the, the lawn. The fucking, the fucking house pillars. And then his deputy just got slammed up and down against the floor and the ceiling it was it was rough <laughs> oh you know talking ta- also talking about the the killing and how this film was done what i liked about it, it wasn't ridiculously gory no. like gory in a hokey kind of way like it the violence made i mean it was still violent it was still a bloody film yeah. you know but it wasn't one of those things where the violence takes you out of the film yeah and which i kind of i mean the one scene with his a, uncle it was a balance like where a, his uncle's jaws popping out of his mouth um, that was to me the most gruesome of the violence of the gore. In it, it. But I was happy, like just in general, watching the film. I was just happy it wasn't over the top. I didn't expect that with the gore, with the with the with the jaw. That was kind of like, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, no. you say, oh, damn, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he bled out from that. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna die from that. One. Yeah. <laughs> but then um, it was like he always left his um tag mark. Right there, the yeah, the, the revert the the, the BB. BB, or you know the the brand of sacrifice from Berserk. <laughs> That's what that looks like to me. <laughs> it does. It does. I'm telling you, look it up. Look up the Brightburn symbol and look up the brand of sacrifice. You'll be like, it's one for one. That's exactly what it is. He he came he came from Guts Planet. Ma- it's maybe, Guts Kid. Maybe it's he's Guts Kid. He's Guts <laughs> fucked up kid, or or he's or he's Griffith's fucked up kid. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it like I said, it's it's people try to like knock it because of I think it's because of that parallel with the Superman origin that it takes it flips it and you know there's a lot of people that will even through a bad Superman movie they would defend Superman wholeheartedly, um and again like I said this to me just proved that DC Warner Brothers we're not gonna even say DC anymore because it's it's Warner Brothers had a lot of potential for great movies um and they've been doing a great run so far because they said shazam did well aquaman even with aquaman they wanted to try to start um superhero horror with the the trench those trench oh yeah but uh, and wonder woman but it's like you know with batman versus superman that was a lost opportunity with justice league justice league was okay but still was a lost opportunity man of steel i was like if we had man of steel 2 and got more of the superman character and him gradually becoming superman then maybe maybe it could jump on board but i think again it was a missed opportunity i mean with man of steel though man of steel for me personally man of steel was a good entry into messing around with this kind of hyper realistic dc EU. but it just felt like one of those things okay this is your first film you just got to be better from here on on yeah right and it just like because the bar wasn't set that high for man of steel i found it entertaining to be honest you know, I agree with you. Henry Cavill had no lines to work with, and he never got characterized as Superman. <laughs> I'll be, you know, the call of what it is. That's why he's off being Geralt of Rivia right now. <laughs> but, you know, going back to people complaining or comparing 
Brightburn to Superman. I understand, but how can you not compare yeah, it, right? Like Superman is the OG superhero origin story. Like you can't you can't put a stamp saying you can't use Kansas alien from the planet farm you saying you can't use these ideas and kind of as make your own. As long as they don't use the name Krypton. As long as, exactly. As long as you don't, use, you don't use Krypton, you don't use Kent, you don't use, you know. Well, it's, it's like this. It's like they didn't use, because like, um, Superman's weakest, one of his, um, what was this, his weak points was Kryptonite. Was yeah. One of his weaknesses. They didn't use Kryptonite. They used a part of the alien ship. ship. Yeah, and I thought that was a really cool way to do it. Like yeah. the, Just to paint the picture for the film, yeah, as we said, that he's impenetrable to anything on Earth. But when he discovers the ship that he came from, he falls and he cuts his hand for the first time. So it gives us the viewer and his mother to understand that he's cut by something from his world, yeah. which she then tries to use at the end of the film to kill him, which she fails at. <laughs> Feels horribly. Yeah, it was like a real Chekhov's gun where they told us that he can get cut with the metal and they don't kind of really talk about it. And then she uses it. And then instead of firing off to kill her son, it just doesn't work. It's gonna be interesting if it was ever, a blank. Yeah, <laughs> dud. Yeah, you, you know, pull her hand with the quickness. That's yes, what it was. Yes, yes, he did. Yes, yes, he did. But th- let's talk about like the end, like with Michael Roker. Yeah, let's who do it. played a conspiracy theorist on YouTube. Very um, convincing the conspiracy yes. theorist. <laughs> it's Michael Roker. He's the man. Um, so you get Michael Roker and Woody Harrelson as conspiracy theorists going back and forth, <laughs> and I can just watch both of them doing it. I like the fact that they covered um the he said the witch woman that was choking people with um a lasso. Yeah. Wonder Woman. It's Wonder Woman. And then the half man, half fish guy. So it's kinda like it was a nod again, flipping um some of those superhero origins and then um also to the tie in another James Gunn property, um, Super, where it's like it just like the Crimson Dynamo or something like that. It's, I don't know. It's the guy from the office, what's his face? Yeah. Well, he set the fire in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dwight. Dwight. So it was as he was like the main actor for that one. So it kind of like tied him in because they show like in a picture of him in a way. Like it was like a drawing. Oh, okay. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it was like six pictures and it was like, oh, okay. So I think they're going into a bigger universe, which I'm interested to see. Yeah. No, I think them leaving the the film open with the with Brandon being full-blown evil and just murdering people <laughs> to take over the world and then you're seeing like all the news clips of the things happening with michael roker's the conspiracy just like showing you the drawing of the wonder woman or the aquaman or whatever makes you think like oh wow this could be really this could be really cool if it's done right with the same people oh yeah did did you read about the one of the possible endings that they wanted to because they kept reshooting a lot of the endings the one i read was with the girl who's handy crushed That's, with her working on something yes. to make it like a cyborg type of thing. Yeah. She was going to like, they were, I guess trying to set her up to be like his arch nemesis. Mm. Um, where, cause again, she was going to be the good counterpart from him. Yeah. Um, and kind of, cause she was writing an article. She was already kind of like super smart in a way, but you didn't get too much of her character. You just got the fact that she was his first victim and because he had these feelings for her, but, um, mm-hmm. It's like it will be interesting to see if that's the route they go with her character or if they introduce someone else or like if we get him older. Oh, yeah. He's been doing his whole evil thing for his evil shtick for a bit. (laughs) His temper tantrum. I mean, I I was fine with him. I was fine. I'm fine with the keeping the kid. I mean, the 
the yeah. the act the child actor that played him was no he was perfect perfect he was, awesome. was perfect he kind of gave you those emotions that a or as he gets a little older, he reprises yeah. the role, just maybe a little older, like, yeah. oh, I'm a teenager now. There you go. You got your evil Superboy. Yeah, t- t- yeah, totally. It's just it was. It's interesting too to think about like what would, what would people do, what would an adolescent do, going through puberty and going through the trials of high school do, and then discover that you have these, these powers. You know, because he is. Like, I feel like Brandon wasn't. I don't feel like he was inherently evil. I think he was like at first and then he kind of had those orders from his ship to take yeah, the world, take the world, but you don't really understand what those changes he was going through are because it, it was very possessed type it of was, effects they gave from when he was just, when he was talking to the ship where he was like shaking and levitating and just repeating the same words over and over. So you don't really know what's happening, what's happening there. And I'm sure in a future, you know, if they do it again, you give you a little bit more, a little bit more backstory. But I feel like his character wasn't inherently evil. He just kind of went through the nonsense he went through, discovering these powers that he had, and then discovering who he was and where he came from and realizing that everyone here is below him. Yeah. So he took it upon himself to be evil and to take revenge. And also, too, it's it's really interesting that they touched up on it with his age. It w- it didn't happen until his twelfth birthday. Yeah, and then he started demonstrating. I'm, I guess this is like you know when everybody's starting to get into that teenage attitude and rebel. Um, I guess that was kind of a play on it mm-hmm. because um he that's he was still listening to his parents in a way, but there was also that little bit of teenage rebellion that was there, and it's like those moments that he felt betrayed like when they told him his whole thing when he was from space it's like you guys lied to me and all that it's like it was a kind of interesting parallel because when you looked at superman the way he took it, it's like what was going through his head at the time clark kent's time um time when um you know his parents told him obviously he took it better but it's like you know he could have went this way which shows you with brandon's character i'm like ah, that was interesting yeah take and i'm i'm not sure if that was the point of no return or if there was a point of return, but it's like his father started getting paranoid of him at that time too. Yeah, no, definitely after his friend was killed or his uncle or something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, he was definitely getting paranoid just because of everything that's happening with the, with the girl whose hand was crushed, all the, the, the thing with the chickens, he was definitely getting, definitely getting paranoid. But you know, when, when it comes to Superman Clark Kent, and his relationship with his parents. His parents knew of his powers from a young age. Yeah. So they were able to help. Well, he left the truck. Yeah, he left. Yeah. <laughs> but they were able to help shepherd that. They were able to help groom him and guide him in a way, knowing that their son has these powers. Where when you were watching this film, we, the viewer, know he has these powers. So when he does his normal adolescent, you know, temper, temper, temper you know, arguing with his parents, his rebellious you're thinking his parents are like, okay, what the hell's going on? Our son was fine, and now he's being a total asshole. Yeah. But to us, the viewer, we're like, oh shit, what the hell's he gonna do? <laughs> like you're waiting for him to do something because you know he has that power where his parents don't, and they don't realize that. His father doesn't realize he has these powers until right before he's until he takes two shots to the head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> he he got off one shot and then he tried to load again. And he was like, wait, where do you go? Oh, I'm I'm fucked. Yep, <laughs> he knew it right there. I'm fucked. Mm-hmm. But it's like, let's talk about that mask though. That mask was really creepy. It had stitching in it. 
Yeah, the no, area. the the costume was dope. I know. I think the so I think the cape was the blanket he slept with. Yeah, but I don't know what the mask came from. I was like wondering, I was wondering if the mask was going to come from something else. I guess it was just something he made, like a like a like. I think a, it was made from the same part, like of a the blanket. cloth or yeah. something. But then the other mask where it looks like it has like a, it looks like it has like a sneaker or a glove to it with the with the laces. I thought that was pretty cool. It was, it was super creepy. Yeah, it was definitely creepy. <laughs> And his glowing eyes too. It was like just mm-hmm. looking at you. I'm like, oh shit, something's yeah. gonna happen. But um, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's it it turned Superman origin upside down, which I was like, oh wow, this is awesome. What other superhero origins would you like to see turned that way? Um, I I'd like to see like I think the Flash would be cool. Oh yeah, you know, especially with his with the types of powers he gets to unlock after his um. Just runs through a bus of people. Running through a bus of people or just do it or maybe maybe not being I mean, I guess we're we're sticking to the the horror thing, yeah. You know, just being just going just doing committing crimes, but not being able to get caught. The most interesting you know? one for me would be Hulk. Only because Hulk has that parallel to Jekyll and Hyde already. Mm. And it's kinda like you would probably get that type of story as a Jekyll and Hyde story with his yeah. origin. Um I want to see the Wonder Woman that they that they kind of set up. Yeah, like witch. yeah. So that's the thing. So like I like. So it's kind of hard because I'm trying to think about. I'm trying to think about superheroes that'd be cool for superhero horror, but not just raving mass murderers. You yeah. know, like trying to think of a way for like I think I think the Wonder Woman one was cool because it seems like she's. It seems like a the way the way the picture was drawn made it look like she was like a ghoul. Yeah, or a ghost of a demon of some kind. That's you know, someone kind of who's just like some goth. Yeah, you know, that's kind of just haunting people and hanging them or choking them or something. Kind of like those really shitty movies, those horror movies that keep coming out in February. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Could you imagine the Joker in this universe? He would be a superhero. He would be. He'd be he the would. good guy. Yep. Never fear, the Joker is here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking Patch Adams. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, and you and me were joking about it, that even though I know James Gunn didn't direct the film, I know he produced it, but uh, if they keep making these superhero horror DC characters, James Gunn will have a way more successful DC universe. Yes. Than what Warner Brothers But then again, it, it gets me excited because he's actually supposed to do the Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, yeah. So seeing this, I mean, let's look at this. James Gunn has, well, he has- With a whole he, new cast. Oh, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Margaret Roby is reprising oh, okay. Harley. That's I think good. she is. That's good. That's good. But uh, and they try to get Will, and he's that not didn't doing it. And I think and is Jai Courtney doing Boomerang again, or he's not doing it? I feel I like have, everyone's. I don't. I just. Feel like I don't I'm, know. Yeah, I, we don't know at this point. I just. <laughs> I just think Margaret Roby is probably the only person who signed it because, I mean, I thought she was awesome. Harley no, Quinn. her Harley Quinn was yeah. on point, and and she loves the character. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um. But um. What was it? Um. What was it? Well, James Gunn has done some questionable films because he did a trauma film, Tromeo and Juliet, many, 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 many years ago. <laughs> but then again, it's trauma. We've all seen trauma back in the 90s yeah. and all that. Um, I mean, he did Crimson, which, well, I think, no, um, Super, which has Super. its cult following, yeah. which everybody was like, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. No, it's now nah, got to go check out. But then, you know, what he did with Guardians of the Galaxy, you took this obscure character's gave him two great he delivered two great movies with those characters made them name brand comic book an, characters yeah yeah <laughs> he, like he took the c team and made them an a team seriously 
and then um what was it? it it and then just watching this he he to me he's proven how good of a storyteller he is when it comes to delivering the stuff which gets me excited for suicide squad i mean and it's nothing against david Iyer. i just think that again he got hit with that warner brothers bug where they saw something that was doing good and they wanted to throw it in that movie i really feel mm-hmm. that maybe if he had more creative control I mean, again, it wasn't. Yeah, I could have sworn when they first showed, when we first heard about Suicide Squad. I know this is off tangent, but when we first heard about Suicide Squad and we first saw the first trailer, it was a very dark trailer. Yeah. And then the final trailer comes out, and it's super colorful, and they're using Queen music. And it just—I know that was after the reshoots happened. Because I remember they said they were doing a bunch of reshoots because they weren't happy with what he was doing. Because I think DC was kind of over the whole dark tone of things because it just wasn't working for their stuff. Well, yeah, they were going with a dark tone, and and then um, what was it then? It was either Deadpool or Guardians that came out. That's what it was. It was Guardians. It was Guardians because or Deadpool. They, it was Guardians because um the whole soundtrack thing with the yes 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 yes. And then they it all of a sudden this lighter tone because I keep telling people like Suicide Squad probably would have done better if. You know, you're showcasing the Joker now to be in this movie. Joker should have been the main event. He shouldn't have been a side quest. You know what it is, though? Like, if you think about it, with the Suicide Squad, I think when you when you say you have the Joker, it gives you unwanted, unwarranted pressure for your yeah. film to do well. For the person who's being the Joker to be critiqued, to be compared to Jared Leto. I mean, not Jared Leto. You can to Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, Cesar Romero. All these, I mean, obviously, he's not going to be that, but you're, you're just going to inherently... That's the thing. It's I, you know, I, I feel bad for Jared Leto's Joker know. because I don't think we got enough of it to really. We got um kind of like a taste, and the taste that we got um wasn't enough for us to really judge. I'm I, gonna be honest. I it was it what they what they put in the movie was kind of horrible. He was like a mixture of Tony Montana meets the Joker. Let's yeah. be real. I feel that even even they Jared, Tony even, Montana, they took the black mask. They took all these. They took all these characters, and I didn't care for his But even Joker. Jared Leto was like, you know, he was kind of upset because he was like saying that they cut a lot of his scenes out the movie. And again, you take a character like the Joker, he shouldn't have been a side quest. He should have been the main villain in the movie. Yeah. It shouldn't have been Enchantress. It could have like been they, Joker manipulating the, the I Enchantress. I feel like they shouldn't have had him in the film. Yeah. Just... That's just another, let's just that's do just aspect. do the Enchantress and then work with all these characters that no one knows of aside from, I mean obviously DC fans, comic book fans, we know, like we all knew who these characters were. They had a Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad Batman animated film yeah. that came out, so we kind of were all familiar with these characters. But for the general public, they could have just worked with these characters and without expectation of what people were expecting. As a matter of fact, I, I got one for you. Instead of casting the Joker, because again they had a plethora of DC villains that they could have set up. They, what they could have done was the Joker as a side interest character, um, not even cast anybody as the Joker. Do like a whole thing they did with Thanos. He was like this side character on the, um, in the backdrop, like in the shadows and all that. And then from there, um, you can always cast for the Joker later. You could have introduced him in some point in Harley's um, origin, where again, it's not even like a full shot of the Joker. It's just maybe a little cameo. And even in the shadows or just even like a laugh or something like that. But they completely did drop the ball with that. And again, I'm kind of excited to see where James Gunn will go because I feel, again, feel bad for David Iyer because I feel like James Gunn's going to be given more creative freedom from what he's yeah. done. And the only reason 
and I'm gonna throw this out there. I think that DC went after James Gunn. Warner Brothers went after James Gunn to do this, is because what he did in um with what he did with um Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, 100. percent And then when he got fired, they were like, "Oh, we're snatch him up." <laughs> Doesn't he's matter. on our team now? But now he's yeah. going back. Now he's gonna do Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy three. Yeah. And it's talking about open to do more Marvel flicks. But no, I mean, I love where we went with Brightburn. Yes. It's I want more of the story more. And, and let's talk about this. It was done on a $6 million budget, and it made $17 million. So it made it double its budget, yeah. which is a good that's, sign. That's good. That's a good sign. You don't need crazy special effects. You don't need crazy. You don't need a lot of crazy shit to have a good film. You just especially need storytelling. A, especially a superhero film. Yeah, you just need proper storytelling. I mean, but again, I, I everybody wants to pick on, like, oh, the superhero bubbles going, like, going back to what you said in the beginning is going to burst like yeah the campy superhero movies are going to burst they, they there's no room for campy anymore no there isn't and and We've, we have an we have as fans we have an expectation now yeah like these are these are spectacle films these are films you go for for a story for for to connect with i mean this, i mean the marvel movies really are films you go expecting something you expect more of a bigger picture when you see these films now because they're so interconnected oh yeah and then and I think they've proven their track record with 22 movies. Yeah, seriously. I mean, their their worst movie is probably DC's greatest movie. I mean, their wor- their worst movie <laughs> their worst movies happened in Phase One and Phase Two. Phase Three has been just amazing, yeah, and that's when it, 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 and it that was, was when curve. and that was when um, Kevin Feige started just directly reporting to Iger. I think. Yeah. That was it. That they just gave him whatever the hell he wanted to do. Because that whole you know, CEO uh, at Disney is not going to tell you what the hell to do with a Marvel movie. <laughs> he's got bigger shit to deal with. He's like, <laughs> he's just, he just writes the check. Yeah. But I'm like I said, I'm I'm excited for this whole superhero horror genre. Yes. I want to see more. I, I, there's a lot of origins I would like to see them flip upside down. Like um, again, you, you the X Men have like a, a, a background where you could make a horror, which I think they were going to try at Fox with um, New Mutants. But I wouldn't have gone that route with the yeah. New Mutants. Um, obviously, we can't say anything because the film hasn't been released. So I'm going to wait till the film comes out. Who would you love to see Brightburn take on, aside from Superman? Like, aside from a Superman type of character? No, aside from just fighting Superman. A, a Superman type of character. Because, like, you know, that that's going to be the one that people want to see. It's like, you know, Brightburn versus Superman. Who's going to win? Oh... Oh, so Brightburn versus someone else. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of like a Superman clone character. You know? I'd want to see him fight All Might. I think it'd be cool. I mean, I'd want to see him fight fucking Batman. Batman? Because I want to see Batman figure it out. I think that would be a pretty... Because there's bat- only one thing. There's only one ship. Yeah. The ship is at his house that was destroyed from the plane crash. Or we don't know. I think he would kill Superman. You know? Because he... Because if you think about it, um, we've had Injustice Superman, and I think that he would kill Batman, um, Brightburn. But it's just that the difference between Brightburn and Injustice Superman is that Batman knows Superman's weakness. Yeah. He doesn't know the character Brightburn. That's what I'm saying. That's how I was like. I would want to see him try to figure, see if he could figure it out. I don't think he would have time to. <laughs> That's the problem. The way how he handled things. Yeah. Um, he couldn't even catch the guy off guard. That's he. Yeah, it's. But um, I would like to see Brightburn cross cross paths with the Sentry. Because the Sentry is all about Sentry. 
Yeah, come on. He's his own supervillain. The guy turns into the void. He's schizophrenic. It's like he's superhero slash supervillain at the same time. Yeah. Actually, that would be a pretty interesting movie as the century. So it, it kind of falls onto that point of where he's his own villain. Because it's really him who's doing movie. Because there's a lot of characters like that, too. Uh, the Beyonder. Oh, yeah, The Beyonder. Yeah, he, he's a, he was a regular superhero, and then he becomes The Beyonder. Yeah. Like, I just feel there's a lot of those. Also, Adam Warlock has his version, too. Yeah, but those were all split because they all became their own characters. The Sentry is still within one character. He's like the same... Oh, the same body. Okay. Yeah, it's the same body. It's just... It's it's like a split personality, in a way. Okay. I mean, my final thought was, if you haven't seen the film, obviously, we just spoiled the hell out of it. Well, we didn't spoil it that. We spoiled it, kind of. You know, if you haven't seen it, and you're stuck with us this whole time, go see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go support it. Go see it. It's a really cool. It's a really cool film. I think, I think it fits a very niche audience. But I also think it's going to be a. Cla- it's going to be one of those films with a following. Um, with what you were saying in regards to it making its budget back, I think when you make but when you make your budget back and break your budget, I think you have more than enough time to make sequels because people love making fucking sequels. Oh yeah. I think the it, it, it's very interesting to see this whole universe. I think. Uh, We'll get a good dark universe as opposed to that garbage dark universe we got a couple years ago with that mummy movie. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I was. I'm so into it. I'm. I'll definitely see it again when it comes out. I'm into it. I'm excited to see what this genre does, and I'm excited to see what if other storytellers come in and kind of flip superheroes that we know and love, flipping their origins on their head and it kind is- of putting them in a world. My final thoughts on it is this. Yes, go see Brightburn. Um, obviously, they leave a lot of more development for future films. Yep. Which I think is good because they did a lot um, of character development for him. In this time because It's 90 minutes. Yeah, it's 90 minutes. <laughs> like literally everyone else, if you really think about it, served as a prop for his development. Yeah. It didn't matter about the other characters. Um, and it's not to say that, you know, you don't... Like, they were all gonna die, let's be real. And um, it's gonna be interesting to see because like they, his aunt was still alive and the little girl. Yep. Who um, you know, so they kind of leave a little open hope right there with those characters because obviously yeah. the aunt may investigate some crap. Um, but yeah, it's it it leaves more room for f- even further development of the character, which gets me excited to see what they're going to do. I definitely agree. Definitely, definitely agree. No, I'm very excited for it. It was a good time. Don't forget to check out um, our sponsors, MBEON. That's I-N-B-E-O-N.com. Use code GETNERDY with it. Get 10% off all MBEON merch, which includes comics, awesome indie comics. So if you love indie comics, definitely check them out. If you happen to be in the tri-state area, MBEON Con, I-N-B-E-O-N-C-Con. Yeah, you know. <laughs> MBEON Con. I'll put the link on the bottom. Anyway, the convention's coming up August 24th, Hofstra University. Use the same code, get 10% off any tickets. And if you happen to be an artist who's looking for a table and wants to, you know, break into the local Long Island area network, gets you 10% off your table. Yeah, and I've been noticing on social media when there's a new artist, they are shouted out by NBeyond, which is always awesome to get them to get their content across and anyone who's following NBeyond. So definitely, well, if, you're look, it's- if you're definitely looking to get your stuff out there, get in, t- get in contact with these guys. It's a really awesome awesome con very friendly very homey very close everyone's kind of in it together just kind of enjoying themselves bring the family bring the family we'll be there 
I'll be, be there. there in the flesh. You can pinch us. Yes, maybe well, no, be, maybe not pinch. I'll, I'll be behind the. I'll be behind a table, maybe, as opposed to just walking <laughs> around. I don't know. We'll see. But I'll also be at the Indie Art Show, July twentieth. So okay. This is definitely probably be out. Be um, Indie Art Show is gonna be at the Nutty Irishman, hosted by Fat Guy Inc. So you're missing my birthday, okay? Um, come afterwards. <laughs> um, and then we got. Where, where is it going to be located? Um, it's gonna be located Long Island, Nutty Irishman. And we're hoping to see you at Com- New York Comic Con. Hoping. Yeah, you'll probably find my stuff at the NBA on table. There too. you go. There you go. There you go. You'll find your. We'll find you'll your. Find s- me. Your swag. The swag. 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 There's a really awesome, dope piece that Sebastian has with the Spider-Man Borderlands crossover. He has actually. He's working with someone to potentially cosplay it, which is really exciting. Hey. This is really cool. So yeah, uh, hopefully we'll. Hopefully he'll get the necessary parts that have been requested, i.e. the the back. <laughs> Over to over to who will be cosplaying it, and then we will see. I would say for the we'll see for the first time a piece of Sebastian's original art created in person, and I think that's fucking awesome. I think that would be fucking dope. I mean, yeah, man, I was excited about that idea. I mean, a design, something I did that someone actually wants to cosplay. I was like, oh, it's fucking dope. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Follow our Instagram, the Nerds of the Round. Follow us on Twitter, the Nerds O T R. And like us on Facebook of the Nerds of the Round. And don't forget the YouTube. And don't forget the YouTube, the Nerds of the Round. We'll definitely be hitting up and posting and sharing the YouTube once the video content goes up. Right now, it's just another place for you to listen. So definitely just listen to the podcast and whatever works for you. iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts. I would say if you are listening, we really appreciate it. We love you all. And if there's any comments, concerns, recommendations, things we should work on, because we're just doing this and having a good time, but we definitely want to get some feedback, critical, constructive feedback, please, but feedback nonetheless on how we can make this a better experience for everybody. Also, too, with our Game of Thrones episode coming up, I totally almost forgot this. Tell us your favorite moment throughout the whole series. I mean, we already know about all the bad moments, please. We don't need any more bad <laughs> moments. Give us some of your favorite moments. Yeah. That, that you know, I mean, if your favorite moment was the wedding, wedding we'll take that. If your favorite moment was That's when a good moment. Tyrion got his revenge on his dad on the shitter. We'll That's take that a good too. moment too. Tyrion, Tyrion's speech went during his trial is a good moment. Battle of Blackwater is a good moment. Cersei blowing up the Sept, good moment. See, and that's after season four. But yeah, no, definitely just just hit us up. Talk to us. Be in touch. We definitely love talking about everything. We don't bite. Anyway, that's another episode of Another Round. I am Sebastian. And Tone from across the hall. Stay naughty with it.